Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Welcome to uh, the Kindness Can podcast this morning. As Paul mentioned a little earlier, it's really become part of our safety plan over the last couple of days. And uh, this morning, we welcome Karen Allen, content uh, producer. Welcome, my darling. Jane, so nice to see you again. I think the last time I was on East Coast with you was my Durban video a number of years back. Wow. I can't remember what I had for well, breakfast. So that was like a few years back. <laughs> Shaking the tree there. <laughs> morning, Paulie. Uh, good morning. Yeah, Karen, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we really, really yeah, look forward to the opportunity um, to hear some of your stories because I know you've been out and about uh, and I know you've been capturing some of the hard stuff, but I know you've also been capturing some really, really yeah, hopeful images as well. Talk us through what's been happening on the ground. Yeah, I mean, without uh, touching on, you know, too much of the negativity, obviously it's something I think is important to address, obviously what happened and where we're at now and, you know, the repercussions and or Actually, I think it's more of a turning point for the country. You know, I think what happened has led to this point where people now have to kind of look at what happened, deal with it. Some people, I mean, I mean, their lives have changed. I mean, jobs have been lost, uh, buildings burnt down. I mean, places are going to take months to rebuild. You know, some of the scenes I saw, like, you know, one specific place that sticks out for me was Nandi Drive, just looking at like Mass Mart and that massive factory burning down and, you know, the utter destruction just across the board. It was just... I mean, I, I felt like I was in a scene of The Walking Dead, you know, it's probably one of my favorite series. And I was literally, you know, I kind of got there in the morning and just, I just took like 10 minutes and I just stood there and looked at what was in front of me, you know. Um, I've photographed over the years, you know, photographed and filmed many protests, many strikes um, around the country for various different reasons. And um, this was just a complete um, eye-opener, if I could say that, you know, it's just, um, it's very difficult to describe. I don't think the video does it any justice. I don't think images do it justice. I mean, just being there was just like, sure, indescribable. Out of that. I must say, you know, I was in the Berg at the time and your photographs were my reality. Um, I was like, who's this Karen Allen guy? I mean, this guy's like, He's not only getting in, insane shots, but he is right there. Like in some of the photographs, I could actually feel the flames and I could actually smell the air that was burnt. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you weren't sitting um, at the top of a little constructed, you know, pier taking no. aerial shots with yeah. the drone. You were, I felt like you were in the heartbeat of oh, something oh. that when I look at photographs, I'm like, I can't even comprehend this photograph. When I drive through Springfield, I can't comprehend so, you know, I want to obviously end on the hopefulness and the joy and the unity, but I also, you know, Paul and I are so, um, we so believe that there is importance in talking about the stuff that happened before the cleanup. Oh, oh. Um, so, I mean, is there a standout image for you that when you were, you talking about Nandi Drive and the surrealism of the airiness, oh. 
Um, mm. But when, any times when you're on the ground, but you're actually like quite fearful for your well-being, like, okay, I've pushed this, trying to get content to put oh. out into the oh. world. I actually have jeopardized my safety here. Mm. Mm. I mean, uh, let's take waterfall, uh, waterfall, for instance, when I went into that watercress more. I think it comes with years of experience with being able to read a crowd. You know, there's obviously, you know, there was no chanting. There was no political chanting. There was no, there was a, a, a percentage of violence. I mean, it wasn't, you know, um, a happy protest. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I kind of looked at the crowd. I looked at the people and I just stood back for about half an hour and I just like assessed the whole scene in front of me, you know, kind of just. Do I go in? Do I wait? Do, do I go? Do I wait for police? Do I wait for some of my reaction unit friends? Do I, you know, whether I, I just decided, you know what, let me just, let me just walk in and see, you know, how, how the crowd reacts to a camera. And, you know, it, it was as if I wasn't even there. People didn't care. People running around me, left, right and center, all over the place. Just, it's very sad, very sad. You know, I think, this is was a very senseless thing. I think it was desperation. I think it's got a lot to do with the effects of our COVID-19 pandemic that we're going through. You know, it's always going to affect the poorer communities way harder than you and I, for instance. You know, it's we don't understand what those people are going through because we don't we're not in their circumstance. We don't we don't live their life. You know, I mean, I, I chatted to some of the looters and I was like, why are you doing this? And the guy's like, hey, dude, like, I've got an opportunity to get a couch and a washing machine. Like, I'm in. It, it was as simple as that. And it was just, there, were, there was an element of people burning things, people destroying property. I could physically see it. It wasn't everyone. There was a specific, you know, group that would go around and just smash all the point of sales. I mean, they're not stealing anything. There were guys that were pulling the, the fire extinguisher, uh, the, the spraying systems out the roof. I mean, game, for instance, in Watercrest Mall, completely flooded. I mean, in amongst the chaos, there's this water pouring out of the roof. And, you know, so there was that element that went in there, you know, people that went in there to destroy and, and burn and burn. You know, then you, I mean, I saw maybe 10-year-old kids, it, it was across the board, ladies, old, I saw a guy in a wheelchair, literally taking bags of chips. You know, it was, you know, when I, when I look back at the footage and, you know, I kind of think about the people I saw there, what was going on, why, you know, what the media is saying versus what I saw, two different things. Mm. And, you know, I think it was important for me to, I wouldn't say risk my life, you know, I, I, I didn't for once, I mean, I got threatened a few times, but, you know, I know how to deal with uh, people in that situation. And um, it, it, I think it's important for me to take that risk to show people what's actually happening. You know, I feel like the media is so, there's so much constraints. There's, there's a lot that's held back, you know, and I think, for people like me, it's important to use my platform, use my skill in what I can do to produce content that brings awareness, shows people. Maybe the looters watch my video afterwards, you know, and, and reflect back on what they've just done and go, okay, like we, you know, we took it a step too far. Um, 
we shouldn't have destroyed that. I mean, I work there. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Nandi Drive, let's, let's talk about that mass mart. There are thousands of people work there. I'm pretty sure employees were looting. You know, I, I hope they see the content afterwards and, and reflect back on, on their decision. You know, I think a lot of people have, you know, I, I, I'm doing, I'm busy doing a documentary for Vice and um, I had to chat to some looters and go into the townships and speak to some people. And there's a lot of regrets. There's a lot of people that are like, we are scared we are scared for our lives. The police are coming after us. We, we should never have done this. You know, so there's that instant feeling of regret where people are just like, I don't know why I did that. And now what are the repercussions? And yeah. it's, it's a hard thing. You know, it's a hard thing to deal with. And I think, you know, I think across the board, a lot of people have lost their jobs, their livelihoods. Um, I mean, there was a lot of death, you know, I saw a lot of death <laughs> and not just from gunshot wounds or, or things falling on them from being trampled. You know, it was a mass, just this mass crowd going in. I mean, I saw guys being trampled to death. It is that serious. You know, people are just frantic. It was just, yeah, it, it's very difficult to describe, but I mean, it was a sad thing to witness. However, I was, say, I was gonna say, like, I just like hearing you talk, it just makes me feel so sad. Mm, and when mm. kids are involved as well, you know, when I would see oh, children on the screen kind of getting mm. caught up in that mm. survive or die, you know, sure. it's now sure. or never. Yes, like, the exactly. urgency now, you've got to do mm. it now. Mm. It was just this frantic, like, let's get in and out, and we'll be okay, we'll, we'll make it out. Now, what's happening is you know, law enforcement and the police are following up in, in certain areas and going into people's homes. If you've got a fridge in a box, you're getting arrested and that's that. You know, now you've, was it worth it? You know, there's many questions I, I ask, you know, I, I mean, I, chat to, I chatted to some looters and I'm like, you know, <laughs> what do you say? Why? You get one simple question, why? And, you know, a majority of the, the answers were, I'm, I'm desperate. I don't have money. I don't, I don't have one rand to my name. I have four kids that I can't feed. I, I don't have a bed. I, we sleep on one mattress, five people sideways. I mean, we, we, we cannot comprehend that, you know, side of life. You know, yeah, when, when I, you I, I get all that, and I do, and I, I promise you, I, I'm at like the brink of wanting to have tears rolling down my cheeks. But why break things? I, I why that, burn that things? Me. Why destroy yeah. things? Take yeah. stuff. If you're hungry, I mean, not, I mean, I can't justify that because that's stealing. No, no. I understand no. the desperation. I understand oh. as a mother that if my children are hungry, I need to make a plan, and I understand. I understand that side of it. But why oh. go and break infrastructure and rip no. things out of the roof and destroy? No. Yeah, it was a big, I mean, you know, uh, it was a big factor, you know, and like I said, I think there was a certain percentage of the so-called, I mean, the looters, there was a certain percentage that purely went there to break, destroy it. I, I, I'm not sure why, I, you know, I don't want to lean too much into 
racial tensions in South Africa or political or, you know, things like that. I mean, this was none of that. It was just the destruction and the burning. I don't think we're ever going to get an answer. You know, I tried to broach the subject with a few people and, yeah, no one was commenting on that. And um, Kieran, I think what's so uh, valuable about this conversation is that I think in the and I, I certainly don't uh, condone uh, any of that behavior uh, at all. No. It seems completely senseless and destructive uh, and, and not useful. But I, I think what you're doing so nicely in this conversation is in the face of trauma, we sometimes want to oversimplify things. We, we oh, kind of want oh. to polarize things as a way of making us feel yeah. safe. And, and I think what you're oh. giving us a glimpse into is that the situation was far more complex uh, than right versus wrong. Um, no. uh, and that there were, there were different elements, there were different motives, there were different emotions uh, in, in that moment, many of which spiraled out of control. Uh, it sounds to me like what you're saying, there, there were some people that were definitely there with the intention to break and destroy, mm -hmm. uh, but there were certainly some people there who were, who were desperate uh, mm. and sometimes sort of brazen in, in their desperateness. Oh. Uh, oh. And, and that's, that tells a, a, yeah, it's a very complicated story that that's unfolding here. And yeah, you know, I'm reiterating the fact that I, I, I don't support or condone any no, of no, the behavior. It, it feels like a situation where it kind of all just spiraled very quickly uh, out oh. of control. Uh, but I think yeah, what you're doing here, you're pausing with the fact that it's, You've got to be very careful of oversimplifying it. Sure, 100%. I mean, uh, even for myself, I mean, I, I don't condone theft or destruction mm -hmm. of property or, you know, there's thousands of jobs. I mean, I'm sure you saw those scenes inside Macro. I mean, realistically mm -hmm. speaking, we're more than likely not going to have a Macro for the next few months in Durban. We're going to have to uh, go to Toti. I mean, the Macros are just... Uh, Springfield Park for me walking through there was just this airy feeling I was like no man you know why there wasn't even a, a card machine left working you know in, in working order just utter destruction the solar panels outside the millions of rands the impact that this is going to have you know and I just you know I've chatted to some looters and they just kind of say well you know i've kind of done this to myself now and i now have no job and you know i i have to just take responsibility for what i've done you know there's guys returning stuff there's guys loading buckies going back and saying i'm sorry mm. you know there's it's it's yeah i think the reality of what happened would only impact you after the fact and i think you know in the in the moment i think and it's with anything in life you can get caught up in the moment and you're like oh you know oh shit okay they're doing it so let me join in and yeah. and i think that's what it really boiled down to and yeah. it, it just like you say spiraled out of control and i think we've got to remember where this started it, it started as a political thing and the whole I mean we know why without getting into that and it just rolled from there there was one faction that lit a truck in Moy River that started and it just went like wildfire literally 
Literally, yeah. And, yeah. Let's um, talk about some of the, I'm sure, wonderful characters you must have met. Um, um, I'd love to get into that because I also think that before we get into that, there must have also been people in that looting crowd that actually didn't want to loot. They would rather not, but if you're doing it and you're doing it and I need something and I don't actually want to be ousted because I'm not doing it, then I'm going to do it too. Uh-huh. So I'm sure you make, you met a mixed array of people out there. Yeah, I mean, sure. It's, um, <laughs> I, I, I came across guys in Nandi Drive that were actually from Komashu. And they were trying to, they were there on scene, trying to get people they know back to their communities. And they were like, guys, don't do this. Don't do this. Come, 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 please. I'm begging you. I mean, it, I mean, I've never seen that before in my life. You know, I've never seen people from the same community, one half looting, the other half trying to stop their friends from looting. I mean, this was, I mean, yeah, incredible to see, but um, also just, yeah, so sad. And I mean, you know, there was this whole thing with the communities and people out there of, you know, how the police department is not involved and where's the army and where are the police? I mean, they did a phenomenal job. They were in the, the, the right areas. You know, we had it under control in certain areas. As bad as we think we think it was, it was hundred times worse somewhere else. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of um, guys in the SAP, Metro, and, um, you know, Nandi Drive, for instance. I'm, I'm predicting that crowd there was 200,000 people. That's how big it was. How many police, how many army soldiers do you send to control 200,000 people? You know, already the, the police were run thin and things like that. And, you know, I really saw them come together. There was community members bringing them water and food and things, you know, guys are working through the night. This wasn't something that happened in an hour. This was something that went 24 hours. It was right through the night, three o'clock in the morning. People are still there just taking, taking, you know, and um, the army and the police did, you know, a great job to try and, stop I, I, I won't say stop but trying to mac- minimize death you know at the end of the day communities came together and they took it on themselves to take a stance against these looters and you know I think the cops just tried to manage what was going on here and it was just you know, chaos across the board however like you know it was awesome to see like people on the ground risking their own lives as well. You must, you must understand. I mean, Nandi Drive, I mean, there were bullets flying left, right and center. I mean, there were looters shooting towards the police. Those people still have families and children and, you know, people at home to think about. And we kind of in that environment. And when you can hear bullets ricocheting off things, you know, it's just, you know, it is what it is. And kind stories. I mean, you talk about the kindness of people bringing mm. the police, you know, food and water. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you would, you, there was wonderful kindness because, like, with everything, oh. there's light and dark and good and 100%. bad. And- yeah. And I mean, to see the community members also coming in, you know, to w- bringing the police dinner, 
you know, a, a small gesture. You're risking your, yourself to go into an environment to make sure those people are okay. You know, the uh, community members coming together, just it was incredible to see how, you know, Waterfall, for instance, uh, the Hillcrest community, just everyone just came out to support each other, you know, help people. I mean, even, I mean, there was community members helping looters, you know, if they got injured or whatever, they were on scene helping, making sure they're okay, you know, calling the ambulance, getting them there. Um, yeah, and thereafter, I mean, obviously, maybe you want to go into the, the aftermath of the cleanup and, you know, I linked up with like Carvin uh, Goldstone, I'm sure you know who that is. And um, we went through to Cornubia Industrial Park and, you know, the night before we kind of spoke about it, I called up Carvin and just said, yo, this is the situation. This is what I want to do. Like, you know, where, where do you think is the right place? You know, I was shocked at the amount of people that turned up. People drove from Maritzburg to Cornubia to help clean up. I mean, if that doesn't say what South Africans really are, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, people came from all over KZN. It was crazy. People came from the South Coast all the way to Cornelia. I mean, that's a drive. <laughs> and you came to literally pick up a mess that you didn't make and to help people. And just, I mean, there was, there was guys there that were just, their function was just to hand out oranges and water for people cleaning up. I mean, I mean people took money out of their pockets to, to make sure that the cleanup crews were fed and had enough water and, you know, on the other side of things, I filmed a guy in Joburg. Um, I can't give you his name. He doesn't want his identity and anything, but really prominent businessman. He's got a couple of planes. His um, family flies, uh, all of them fly. And they literally flew in medical supplies, dog food, any essential items. Um, they flew those planes, four aircraft from Joburg. They went all over the place literally just dropping off whoever need needed supplies if there was an airfield near you they would go literally over whatsapp what do you need where are you how can i get it to be on our way in the next hour the stuff's delivered to see people do that i mean incredible hey Foley. Oh. <laughs> well, so beautiful. i'm just um, i'm hanging on to every word that that you're saying here um and, and I think you're painting a picture of the best and the worst uh, of, of our yeah. country. And it feels to me it kind of all came together in this, this really, really complicated, horrible yeah. moment. Just the best and the worst of, of who we are and, and, and where we're at. Uh, and, yeah, like Jane was saying, just there's, yeah, just yeah, good and bad in all of this. And it's, it's so hard yeah. to untangle. Yeah, look, I mean... As we know, I mean, this is a very complex thing. You know, I, I do a lot of work for Reuters, BBC, a lot of international agencies. I mean, I was on live TV with uh, ABC News in Australia, um, just across the board, you know, all over the places, news agencies coming in and everyone is taking this like political angle and, you know, trying to do the media thing. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, as you say, a very complex situation. And I think, you know, for me, 
having these discussions, bringing together platforms, people, pilots, community members, just for one common interest is, mm. is, is an important part. I mean, me going in there and filming this stuff, it's an important part. You know, people need to see, we need to, we need to look at this footage afterwards as a country and learn from it. We need to sit down and have discussions. You know, I think South Africa wasn't built for South Africans. And I think now we're at a turning point where we need to figure out, have conversations, put things on the table that you might not want to address, but it's an important part. You can do so much by just having a conversation. This conversation, the people that watch this, if we, if we inspire one person to go and do good for someone else, our job is done. It's not about changing the masses. It's not about change overnight and guys that just flip a switch. This is about the guy jumping in his plane with his own money in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic when the country is on fire, loading nappies in his plane and flying it to someone who desperately needs nappies or baby formula. That's what it's about. And that's what more people need to adopt. Whether it's driving down the road to see if your neighbors are right. It, it, for me, it, it has the same weight as a person flying his plane from Joburg. No matter how big or small, the little pieces put together just gets bigger and bigger. You know, There's a question here that I think you're kind of answering is um, someone says, how did your wife feel about you leaving to be in the line of fire? Sure. I mean, I've been with uh, Jess for, it was actually on the 19th. The other day was our 16th year anniversary. And um, Jess and I literally have been together since she was 13 years old. I was 15. We kind of had uh, young lovers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think she's used to it. Um, she knows the risk involved. And, but she also understands the importance. Mm. And that's a huge thing. The, I feel, you know, in my personal capacity that risking my life or walking into a situation where there is a certain percentage of risk outweighs, you know, we need to film this. We need, we need this content. We need to learn from this important part. It's, you know, how do you move forward without evidence? How do you move forward without looking at something that's hard hitting for yourself? You know, um, it's uh, some of the content. Obviously, I've got a lot of stuff that I, you know, can't put online, and it's just it's been used for other things. You know, we're busy working with um, guys all over the world to put you know a message out there. You know, there's there's many guys I'm having conversations with, Vusi Kozwayo, a lot of influential people, celebrities here and there. And I think my wife, you know, understands the work that's involved to really inspire change and really um, do something with a meaning, you yeah. know. Um, Before we let you go, take us through how you got that shot that when I saw it appear on Facebook, that was like the, right, I have to find this guy. I've been watching him for the last 10 days. He needs to be in, in my face. Because this picture oh. is golden. Yeah. Will you describe it for those that haven't seen it and tell us how you got that shot? 
which which shot was that? They shot the guy, the superhero coming down the road. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a <laughs> Iron Man slash yeah. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like that Cornubia cleanup. It was just incredible, you know, getting there. Just you know, when we got there, there was like almost no one there, and I kind of we kind of arrived, and I was with Carvin, and we're like, okay, I mean. I thought this was going to be a big thing. All of a sudden, it was just like bucky loads of people just rocking up. You know, the guys from Build It came on board and gave everyone rakes and bags and all kinds of different businesses banded together, you know. And out of the crowd comes this <laughs> Batman. I was like, dude, I am sweating. I'm in a shirt and shorts. It's like, a proper Durban day, 35 degrees, it's cooking, and this guy is in a Batman suit. I mean, I actually didn't get to talk to him. I mean, I just shot a photo, and I was so busy running around. And, I, I mean, I regret not having a conversation. Maybe we need to track this guy down. Um, I think I know who it is. Um, oh, I think oh. he won the, the fashion show at Splashy Fen. With his yeah, wife. I, I saw the comments fashion show. Yes. Uh, him and his wife dressed up. I'm sure it's him. And yeah. I, I will track him down for you and get that conversation yeah, because definitely. that photograph is just, it just represented so much 100%. that we can I mean, actually, we can actually find the humor. You know, there's sure. that saying, laugh to keep from crying. And when I saw 100%. on the one side of the photograph, the devastation, and well, then on the other side, not only has he shown up to help, he, he got dressed in the morning and <laughs> drove to Carnubia dressed as a superhero <laughs> to clean up. <laughs> Like crazy, crazy. Like, I mean, but it's that. I mean, you know, the kids that were there were just so amped. They were like, I'm oh, sure. man, you know, like, and that's the, those kids, yeah, they're just, yeah, it's what it's about. It's about, it's about to be South African, you know, it's just to go in such a hectic time and such a heavy situation, you know, to rock up in your Batman suits and sweep the streets in 35 degree heat for an hour is, I mean, that's what it is yeah you mean i think my big takeaway from this conversation today is yeah once again how incredibly powerful kindness is uh and i and i hope that yeah through reviewing footage like yours and reflecting on footage like yours south africans uh cannot only yeah look in the mirror or some of the hard stuff that we need to face but that we can remind ourselves that yeah kindness is within our grasp, but it shouldn't only be within our grasp when the chips are down. Uh, We need to be applying that kindness all the time. We shouldn't just be waiting for Mandela Day or the next crisis to arrive with uh, our kindness and all the wonderful gestures that we can make. Um, We should be trying to to do that all the time. So, yeah, thank you for reminding uh, us of that and and bringing that to life in your images. Um, Well done. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I just want to say, just also go gently with you. You know, the work that we've been doing over the last 10 days is very real, the impact that trauma has on our body on a cell level. Um, So you've got my cell phone number. And if you need to chat at any time, and I mean that most sincerely, I'm here to chat. I don't have all the answers, but I can lead you from experience and my learnings from working closely with Paulie, who's a psychologist. Uh, There is going to be residual stuff that's going to hang around. And if you need any support, I'm here for you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, 
having these conversations is just what it's about. You know, if, if one photograph can lead to a conversation, I mean, you know, I'm just going to keep shooting. I'm just going to keep doing what I do to have more conversations. And I'm, you know, grateful for your guys time and, you know, having, putting this together and just, I, I, I want to inspire more people. You know, if there's anyone out there that has a platform that has a social media, I think it's an important thing to put your hand up and just go, let's chat. It's as simple as that. And it doesn't have to be anything that costs you money or, you know, it's just a simple conversation. Thank you for the thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And lots thank of love you. to everybody. Keep safe and um, we'll connect really soon. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.